Colin, Scott, show's going great, mm-hmm. but I think it mm-hmm. can be better. Okay. Let's, let's dive deeper. Let's really examine the art of filmmaking. Let's take on a Hitchcock film like uh, The Birds or Rear Window, or maybe look at the early works of Catherine Bigelow, or maybe uh, let's take a poke at the silent era. What do you think? Quack. 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 The Mighty Ducks. Quack. Really? Quack. 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 Hey, two, quack. Scott. Quack. 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 Come on, Greg. Quack. Welcome, everybody, to I Have Some Notes. This is season number one, two, three, I believe. Four. You got it. Four. It's four. It's season. <laughs> Look at that. Even more than I thought. Welcome to season Colin four. just pretends the season that didn't have me in it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's pre-Scott. There's post-Scott. Season four of I Have Some Notes, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. This is the show where we uh, take movies that are somewhat beloved, sometimes not. In this case, kind of beloved. But we make them better because we can. My name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Joining us on the show today's very special guest, a uh, Mighty Ducks super fan and also fan of the podcast, Question Mark, it's Danielle Newman. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, The movie we are doing today is The Mighty Ducks. This is the 19, well, I guess the 1992 version. There's only three Mighty Ducks movies, but this is the first one. Uh, this was the, the Disney hockey movie, 1992, four years post-Gretzky, I might add, which probably doesn't happen. Gretzky does get traded from Edmonton, where this podcast is graded, to Los Angeles. Uh, to set up the movie, let's, uh, let's uh, set this movie up and take a listen to the trailer. From Walt Disney Pictures, he's a hotshot attorney who's never lost. Yes. Forced to coach a hockey team that's never won. Keep swinging, maybe I'll give him a cold. He'll try to teach them how to win. You think losing is funny? Well, not at first, but once you get the hang of it. And they'll teach him. Get off the roof, you little monkey. That winning isn't everything. Let's have fun out there. Walt Disney Pictures presents Emilio Estevez. Are we ducks or what? The Mighty Ducks. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Gordon Bombay, a hotshot lawyer, is haunted by memories of his childhood when, as the star player of his champion hockey team, he lost the winning goal in a shootout, thereby losing the game and the approval of his coach. After being charged for drunk driving, the court orders him to coach a peewee hockey team, the worst in the league. Gordon is at first very reluctant. However, he eventually gains the respect of the kids and teaches them how to win, gaining a sponsor on the way and giving the team the name of the Ducks. In the finals, they face Gordon's old team, coached by Gordon's old coach, giving Gordon a chance to face his old ghosts. Hey, you know what I love about that that plot summary of Reed Scott is that it's it's a it's a child's film, and you still <laughs> read it in your deep deep movie guy voice. Uh, the summary courtesy of IMDb, uh, by the way, just to make that uh, perfectly clear. Yeah, I, based on that read, I kind of wish the movie was called The Mighty Ghosts as opposed to The Mighty, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Uh, so obviously this movie, uh, everyone knows this movie, starred Emilio Estevez as Gordon Bombay, the protagonist. Uh, Lane Smith is the evil coach. Uh, Jack Riley, Jack Riley, his name, uh, also starred uh, Joshua Jackson uh, from, what's that show? Dawson's Creek. Everyone loves Dawson Creek. 
Uh, Elder, El- also Elder Hansen, who is Foggy Nelson in the new Daredevil show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, that was almost a, that was a bit of a revelation when me and my wife were watching this. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, it's Foggy. Uh, it was directed by Stephen Herrick, who also directed such uh, wonderful, wonderful films. And I am not being sarcastic, including Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, oh, nice. and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's oh, Dead. So the I believe the movie debut of Thor. To tie it all back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, this movie cost $10 million to make, and it surprised everybody, including Emilio Estevez, who was talked about it later, saying, "Why? okay, this made movie made like $50 million at the box office, and I think another 50 when it got to video. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think we'll, we'll, get some, we'll get some thoughts on this movie, uh, uh, but uh, I feel like everyone loves this movie. Is that correct? Is this sort of like a, 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 a warms the cockles of your heart type of movie? Greg Beaver. Uh, I don't know about. I was just saying before we started recording that I don't think I saw this as a kid. What? I uh, I think this might have been my first time seeing it all the way through. So I'm not seeing it through the nostalgia nostalgia lens that everybody else is. Oh. And then my heart broke when you <laughs> yeah. said that. So yeah, the the as I was I was running down the hallway here, and I have some I have some note studios and Greg. This is before we started taping mentions. I hadn't seen this before, and I just heard Dango going, "What?" <laughs> This movie came out on my 11th birthday. Really? Well, look at that. And uh, I almost certainly did not see it on my birthday <laughs> when I turned 11, but I'm sure I saw it in theaters, and I'm, I guarantee I've seen it on video since. Yeah. Um, but I know I have not seen it in years, yes. probably decades. And um, going back and watching it was a situation where I was like, it's probably going to be real bad when I go back and watch it. And I was... <sighs> actually pleasantly surprised it wasn't as bad as i was worried it was going to be going back and re-watching it years later as an adult and kind of turning off the nostalgia filter it actually still kind of holds up it's not a bad movie yeah. could be better yeah it, there's not much to to go seriously wrong with it it's kind of a boilerplate spo- uh, sports movie underdog coupled, sports movie yeah coupled with uh, a boilerplate uh riches to rags story i guess hmm yeah. Danielle, how many times have you seen this movie? I have probably seen it uh, at least twice every year from the year it came out. Like, I've watched this movie so many times. My, part, sis- my part. sisters and I only watch the same movies over and over and over yeah. again, so this was an easy one. And actually watching this with the lens of having to think of where to improve it may have made it more sad for me because suddenly oh, I wasn't really? just, like, loving, just... you know, Averman. I was like, oh, I have to actually, like, think about what the adults are saying. So That's this- actually the season four catchphrase of I have some notes making moods movies sad for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, part, part of me hopes that there's like like a calendar like a calendar like invite in your calendar every year it's like Di- Mighty Ducks today <laughs> uh, well I guess so so what are people what do people think about this movie like what's uh, so Scott kind of mentioned that he wasn't think, didn't, it wasn't as bad as he thought it was going to be I was worried it was I was going worried it was going to be bad I kind of went into the same way going like okay I had not seen it with grown up adult eyes uh, and I was kind of the same where it, was, where it was like, you know what? It actually holds up as a movie. Kind of holds up pretty well. It's not, but yeah. it's not the best movie here. It's just, it's, it's okay. I, I think it's but fair it's to, great. To, to think that it was going to fall into some of those uh, early '80s or uh, '90s trappings. Where I don't think that children's uh, films were were written for that high of a, you know, they they just kind of didn't really trust kids to really understand more complicated stories, right? But at the same time, I will counter that Gordon's character arc in this movie is actually very adult. Yeah. And and has some some depth and some pathos to it, which is surprising for what is what I remembered as a kids movie. Yeah. Like I was yeah. surprised at how much depth there was to that character. 
it's kind of like it, that's sort of classically Disney, I guess, because Disney usually, you know, they they come up with premise that that uh, uh, kids are going to enjoy. So they've got, you know, a, a bunch of kids running wild. There's a bunch of hockey players and the goalie that makes farts, and they love <laughs> yeah. it. But you know, in order to, in order to keep the the adults coming back, you give them a little bit of something. And that's sort of like how the the Pixar uh, model is based off of as well. Yeah, that's true. The, this is kind of an early prototype of the uh, the Disney formula that would come later. Yeah, you could see that. I buy that. Yeah, Danielle? I really liked it was it's kind of separate because you've got the adult stuff and then you have what you were just talking about with the kids stuff there was a scene that reminded me so much of Home Alone and I was thinking about how all those movies kind of put kids in that place of where they're running away after they've put the poop bag in and, oh, yeah, yeah, and they've yeah. got all the the sound and and like the fast running and it's um, just a little gag yeah. yeah so yeah that's what i thought about it yeah but for you but for you like so so what what is about what is about this movie that kept you coming back what is what is sort of like the draw for to see to see it 14 times or like oh, 2000 times like at least a billion yeah. uh i love i just like the kids i think they're really funny um all the quotes i i mean i have a whole sheet of my favorite quotes <laughs> in case that ever came up as a question today i have i have well, I, have, I have two quotes that i love so you 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 share share like two, share your top two right now and we'll see if we okay. match up with my top two uh the first one is coach jack riley saying it's not worth winning if you can't win big okay I think yeah. that is pretty classic yeah um and then i think that uh you're not even a has been you're never was they're both very sad quotes, oh. but... Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jack gets a lot of good singers. He's so in good. Oh, yeah, like Lane, Lane, Lane Smith, uh, yeah, he was perfect in this. Oh, absolutely. This was the role he was born to play. I I believe his role in My Cousin Vinny was uh, was the role he was born to play. <laughs> was he in My Cousin Vinny? I've never he was, the, he, was the, he was the bad lawyer. See, and I remember him as Perry White yeah. on Lois and Clark, The New Adventures <laughs> yes. of Superman. Yes, I remember That's that. That's where too. I remember yeah. him from. <laughs> I only bring Mighty Ducks knowledge to this conversation. <laughs> I like I, I like I like the lines, but like like so, Lane Smith kind of reminded me of of uh and for for the movie it is like it's 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 weird because it's 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 a love letter to hockey in a way um but it's also like you know and i you know part i kind of come from a place where like uh you know ha- experience kind of some of this coaching a little bit where it's like you have these like really overzealous coaches that are just sort of uh and to me he was kind of perfect where he was just he was that perfect yeah it's just it's all about winning it's and it's like He's a very kids. believable mean coach. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Super. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like as as much as so, I think I think it holds up in a lot of ways. It was a lot longer than I was expecting it to be. Like I was expecting like ninety minutes, bing bang boom. Uh, it was closer to two hours, um, which kind of surprised me. Um, and I think, I think it had some lulls. I wasn't super rooting for Emilio. Uh, like I, I like the kids. I'm with Daniel. Like I think the kids are really cool, and I think what I'll talk about that with my changes, but. Um, maybe let's let's get into some keeps and cuts here. Before kind of... we do that, though, sure. you didn't actually say what your two quotes were. Yeah. Oh, so my 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 first quotes is I liked how uh, so who's the kid? So Averman's the kid who's got like the. Hey, bad about I, it. I like I like how he called the uh, one of the players the Velvet Hammer, like the the, the tall girl. So it was like I kind of want that nickname. That's kind of amazing. Uh, my my other favorite quote is uh, my the part that actually made me laugh out loud because it was it was it was such a perfect hockey thing, where uh, Fulton like the big kid takes the hawk and literally throws him into the bench and then gets kicked out of the game and immediately he's like he barely touched him that was such a perfect hockey moment actually we missed the best one which is, which the, is the best one quack 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 mr duxworth oh yes yeah. yeah yeah that was a little oh, oh okay that's that kind of it made me kind of feel uncomfortable but that's okay oh. 
I just it was it was just I think I think Emilio was kind of uncomfortable delivering the line and kind of just that kind of came out. So um, how about for let's do keeps and cuts, uh, Scott? What's uh, what are you keeping? What are you cutting? Um, I know you were just talking about the scene with the dog poop, um, and I want to uh, cut something from that. Which Uh is the Looney Tunes uh, sped up like chase scene, (laughs) which is so completely out of place in the movie. It has no reason to be there. And it never comes, like, they never do anything like that again. It is so jarringly out of place that I was like, what is happening? And I would get rid of that. I, I don't think the scene is inappropriate, but I think that whoever made the decision. To speed that up and play like bonkers Looney Tunes Scooby Doo chase music behind it should be fired retroactive. <laughs> I had a feeling when I was cut, watching that cut from him. that the problem with that scene was that um, the, the it was actually filmed too slow and they couldn't get all the beats and they wanted to quick enough and then they, that's why they decided to speed everything up. It's just, it's a weird choice mm-hmm. in the movie. I, it almost even feels like they maybe they may, maybe, at, maybe added it kind of after the, like, after they watched the movie going like, okay, it needs a little bit more for the kids a little bit. Something mm-hmm. kind of goofy and fun at the start. Yeah. Because other, otherwise without that, it's kind of like. It's a good character moment for the kids. Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate that it's so, like, wildly, uh, tonally jarring from the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, for something that I would keep, just to, to balance it off. Um. There are girls on this hockey team, and it is not even commented on. And that is so progressive and awesome (laughs) that, like, right from hop, there's a girl on the team. They recruit another girl onto the team, and nobody points it out. Like, it's just such a non-issue. And I was like, that is really awesome, Emilio Estevez. Good for you. I have watched this movie 15 billion times, like I've said, and I 100% agree with you. But because I was watching it with such a close lens, there was a scene where Coach Bombay was talking to Averman on the, like, next to the bench. And uh, Connie? Yeah. Why am I forgetting her name? Either way, she was checking her nails, like very obviously took her glove off and was like checking out her fingernails and then put her glove back on and took the other one, which is the first time I ever saw that. And I was like, why, why even include that? Because they hadn't, like you said, made any other mention of it being weird that there was a girl on the team. Was she just in the background of the movie? Yeah, but she was like. Is that maybe something the actor just decided to do? I mean, I watched it twice this weekend and I watched it very specifically. (laughs) And so she definitely, it made it seem like she was like. Oh, I'm not paying attention. I have to look at my nails, and that, so it was really hmm. bizarre and out of place compared to what you were saying. Yeah, there was a moment um, where I think it's in that um, classroom scene when uh, the uh, coach is trying to get the rally the team back together again, um, and he and he oh, says, yeah. "Hey, you yeah. guys," and and the one girl says, "Hey, you people," and he and he just says, "Oh yeah, sorry," and he and like he doesn't like. There's no like he doesn't say it he doesn't say it sarcastically or anything mm-hmm. like that. He just says, "Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry." And then like Yeah. No, I, again, I think that the the movie is surprisingly progressive mm-hmm. for 1992 about hockey. Right. Yeah. The only thing that bugged me was um and I would probably cut this is that um Banks, the the really good hockey player from um the Hawks. The, the Hawks he gets transferred over to the Ducks. And I believe at the beginning he says something racist to the two black twins, right? The Oreo line. Yeah. Not, a, not appropriate. <laughs> not appropriate. And then they use that with the Oreo line non-ironically That's later. That's what I thought. Yes, I thought Coach Bombay calls the, yeah. the Oreo. Yes, I have it in my but also the, Is that also because the, they're reclaiming it, though? Uh, making it their own? I don't know. I don't know. 
But there was another moment where the black kid, I don't remember his name, I'm sorry. Jesse? Jesse. He forgives the, the white kid, but the white kid never says he's sorry for being racist in the first place. And I was like, that kind of bugs me, movie. Was it, was it legitimately Banks who said that in that first game? I don't think it was. Or it, was it, was it was one of those kids. I think it was one of the bigger guys. And if yeah. it was Banks, then that is that is a well-put note. Uh, and But I don't. I don't remember that it was. I, yeah. I think it was McGill, because McGill was the bully on yeah. that team. Right. He's the guy who gets dumped into the into the, the bench. In, in the box, yeah. He's the only one besides Banks I remember, because yeah. he was such a jerk. In, in, my, in my defense, all three of those kids looked exactly the same. And that's so probably... I can be forgiven for not knowing. probably <laughs> intentional. There is, there's, actually, there's actually a note, I think it's either in the Wikipedia or the IMDb, that, ba- that basically says, in all, in all three of the Mighty Ducks films, it's always... The, the villain team is always... White monolithic. Yeah, like, they're basically they're always playing the rich monolithic white team. Yeah, yeah. they're they're. It's very. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Nazi coded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a word I did not think would come up <laughs> during the uh, Mighty Ducks podcast. <laughs> There, there, there's your, there's your, there's your click, free to cut there's that your clickbait, there's your clickbait headline for the podcast right now. Mighty Ducks features Nazis. What? <laughs> what? It's a little bit. It's a little Aryan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, uh, keep, keep some cuts. What, uh, what do you think? Uh, I think I'm going to go very general here. Yeah, that's okay. Very big. Yep. Um, for keeping all quacking, all references to quacking, please keep that. But to cut, big one, anything that involves Charlie's mom, just get You don't like Charlie's, Charlie's mom. mom. Maybe she can be the scene when she comes onto the ice and gets mad just because that that scene is is great when they're on the ice. Mm-hmm. But no, I I could get rid of Charlie's mom. I think 100%. that's fair. She doesn't really add anything to it. I don't, I I don't know if I would cut her, but I would definitely cut the um, forced romance between yeah. them. Yeah, it's kind of creepy because Charlie is so central to Gordon's character arc. It's hard not to have like one of his parents there and like they're really trying to set it up that charlie is like gordon when he was a kid all over again yeah and so like him having a single mom and uh, gordon relating to that that's that's and him him starting to identify with charlie is really part of his growth as a character so i don't i don't know that i would cut her because i feel like she's important to as a follow-up, I also I, I don't, cut. I, I don't cut. necessarily disagree with. Sorry, no, I don't necessarily good. disagree with uh, with maybe cutting the forced romance, but I think that she does serve a role. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go no, on. No, I was going to say I also cut Bombay in the dad role, so I just cut all of that. Okay, <laughs> hmm. I think Scott's right, though. I think that does. I think his the dad portion is sort of informing his character a little bit. Like little it bit. is, it is part of his his journey right. to being less of a jerk. Um, although that journey is kind of over pretty quickly. It's kind of over like about 45, fir- 45 minutes the, into the yeah, movie. After about the first act, like his journey is over when he get, when he meets the, the, um, his former, um, equipment manager, I guess. Oh, Hans. Oh, Hans. Hans. Yeah. Like that, his, his at that point, Scandinavian, yeah. Scandinavian mentor. At that point, he he goes and he buys the ducks, all their stuff. And like his journey is essentially over. Like there's a blip cause he, you know, they, but it, it's more like a misunderstanding than it is him him dealing with being a jerk again. That's one of the things that surprised me about the movie was that was was that I I didn't think that they got the the spiffy new uniforms and all the hockey equipment quite so early. I thought that happened towards the end. So when it was like it was fifty minutes in when when they're the mighty ducks with their uniforms, like wait, there's there's still like another 
like hour of movie to go here. Like, what's going to happen? So yeah, yeah, so yeah I'm, was, I'm glad you brought that up because like it, it surprised me. It's one of those things that like um, these like these types of movies are usually pretty predictable. And I was like, I was like, okay, well they'll get their uniforms like the day before the big game. Yeah, exactly. Like that, like, right? Now you're the ducks, guys. No, that's D two. Like... That's in D two. Oh really? When they come out, Team U, like I've not seen D two or D three. I haven't seen the. I haven't seen this one. Okay, we're all getting together. We're gonna watch D two. We're at six hours of Mighty Ducks films. Uh, okay, so um, what? To, so and uh, and as far as keeps goes, everything I, stays. I have so many, but I okay. think now hearing you guys, I think I did this wrong. I think you guys are thinking like how to make this a, a better movie, and I just felt like well, that here's, comes later. Here's no, no, no. Yeah. But when you keeps and cuts and what makes it a good movie, and I'm just like here's what I like and here's what I don't. No, so that's perfectly uh, valid. That's valid. Um, I have keep. Um, the Hawks, everything about the Hawks. They're yep. perfect villains. I like the mushroom cuts. I like the turtlenecks and the parkas. <laughs> That's I like true. Coach Riley popping his collar every time he does something, or like the two I like up. He's the like best. an early shooter McGavin. <laughs> yes! He's so, such a jerk. I like how he chewed gum. He chewed gum I, like a hockey coach. The best part about gum. those par- those parkas is like, is like they're supposed to look cool and badass, and you're like, these, they're parkas. so awful. They're, they're, they're fluffy, fluffy. You guys look like puffins. You know what I mean? And with their mushroom cuts. And after, I like the, the first game. Game. Like I, I love the game against the Hawks to start um, when they're doing their win chant, and then Bombay tries to do the win chant, and it's just like win, win, and no one catches I on. Rat. Win, win, um, and then when they see uh, the Hawks hitting their goalie in the pads, and then and then they try to do it, and Goldberg's like, "What? This doesn't make any sense." And they're like hitting him. In the I'm shins. on your side. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, Greg, what are you keeping? Um, I don't know. I think because there's not really a whole lot. That I would cut, but I would I would I would keep one of two things. I would either I would either keep um, uh, Bombay uh, getting the the DUI, or I would keep him being a rich entitled douche. But the movie tries to do it both ways. They want him so he gets because in the movie he's kind of like a rich entitled douche who's too good at his job for his own good, right? And and then he gets a DUI, and then he's sentenced to community service to go coach these kids playing hockey. But then the movie still wants him to be a rich, entitled douche, so his boss gives him a limo driver because he can't <laughs> drive his own car. So he still arrives at the rink in the in this limo. Yeah. So it's kind of like I was like I was like do either or just like not don't try and do both. This is skipping a little bit ahead to my changes, but it feels it feels to me like it, the movie it would actually work better if if Bombay is a rich entitled douche like hold the whole way. He doesn't get he doesn't get like uh, a DUI or anything like that. He just. He his, he just has to. He's just assigned to the ducks for reasons. Right? I'm I, I'm kind. I'm gonna. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you just because I felt like that part was kind of bumpy, where it was like. I, I first of all, I like how no one is no one has mentioned the whole the whole concept of like man gets a DUI, gets to coach a children's <laughs> hockey team, and no one's mentioned that as something they would cut, which I think is kind of great. Uh, Scott, you have a. I I'm going to I'm going to propose a quick fix on that, um, because he works for this big law firm. Uh, it could very easily be that uh, he gets tapped to go and do this on behalf of the law firm for uh, a public good thing. Cause maybe the law firm has gotten involved in a scandal or something. He doesn't need to be personally uh, the one who's, who's gotten the DUI and he can be really put upon 
Like, why am I the one who has to go and do this? And it's, well, because you've got the hockey background and you're going to be coaching, coaching a hockey team. You're the only lawyer here who played hockey. You're the only one who knows how to do it. You're going to go do it on our behalf. And so that can even make him more resentful in a way to be there because he feels like I'm being unduly put upon. I'm being forced to play hockey again, which I don't even like anymore. And yeah. I'm being forced to, pl- to play with these poor kids, which is gross because I'm a rich because <laughs> I'm a rich entitled dude. Yeah, he's, I don't want to spend time with this. He used to, he used to, he used to win, win, winning in the law firm, but like hockey was the one thing he failed at. So it, yeah, you're right. It like, just makes him really, really mad that he's got to go. That's also uh, part of his. That's also part of his his character. The reason why he's internalized this win at all costs attitude is because of Jack Riley yeah. and because he lost that yeah. championship game. So also being put in a position where now he's coaching a hockey team he's he's being put back into the position where his one failure happened yeah the failure that changed his life arguably for the worse he might think for the better but yeah uh so yeah that's that's interesting that's an interesting tweak i, I like f- that I, f- I feel i feel like when we get to the changes i think we'll be circling around this because i have a i have a, I have a different yeah. different uh, change uh, any other uh, keeps and cuts no, that was really all my thoughts on that. I have so I have two. I have two. Uh, two. Uh, I, so I mostly like everything. I like the kids. I like they're great. Emilio's fine. I have two. Uh, one serious cut and one very superficial, somewhat ranty cut. Before we hit the break, uh, my the one thing I cut as I would actually cut the whole what's his at Banks at what's his first Adam name? Banks. I would cut that whole subplot because I don't feel like I felt like it. It kind of took. Uh, it took away from the from the rest of the Ducks team that was like they didn't have to do as much work to come together as a team because now they have the best player in the league from the other team and even though he gets like hurt or concussion or murdered or something at the end <laughs> it's something like that um, I would kind of cut that whole thing and I think and I think you can still I think the whole point of that little scene is to kind of set up the like the ultimate conflict where Emilio has to choose between his job and the Ducks I think there's a better way to do that so I'd cut that. Uh, the other thing I would I would cut uh, uh, is um, Basil McRae. Now there's two ho- two NHL cameos in the, in this in this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the whole hockey nerd on everyone for about two minutes here. Mike Medano, Basil McRae. For those who don't know, Mike Medano was the North Star star player. He's a star player in the NHL. He is he's the guy you want to have the movie. He has like two lines, but Emilio has like a conversation with Basil. <laughs> who the heck am I, Basil McRae? <laughs> At the time, he was the he was the North Stars' fifteenth. He had five goals that season. He was like number fifteen as far as points. There was no one else you could talk to from this team. This is a love letter to hockey. You've got the North Stars. Get Mark Tenorti in there. Get uh, Todd Ellick in there. Get like, is this the best you could do? Why did Basil McRae get all the lines and not Mike Medano? I, I wonder if maybe uh, they they were trying to give all the lines to Medano and he just couldn't get them out. Maybe there must have been something like that. I mean, huge slam on Mike Medano for no reason. I'm not, I don't know what his acting abilities are. <laughs> and I, and I guess like, I, I, I'm just theorizing. And I guess I kind of, I kind of feel like, like I'm, I'm sure that part, part of this to get the movie made, they, they had probably had to have some sort of buy-in from the NHL to use some of the logos and stuff like that. So I would have, I would have hoped and prayed that at least someone at the NHL office would have said, "Can we get like Mike Medano in? Oh, I don't know, someone else in there, not Basil McRae." Now, no disrespect to Basil McRae. He's actually gone on as the Owens of London Knights now, I believe. He's a GM, so oh. but still, like, and and obviously longtime fan of this show, so we, we <laughs> don't. Yeah, so yeah, so away. no disrespect, Basil, but I mean, Mike Medano should have been the guy in that scene. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna make this movie that Danielle loves so much. <laughs> 
we're gonna make it so she'd want to watch it five times a year and not just two. <laughs> ATB has launched a new podcast called We Are Alberta, hosted by economist Nick Ford. We Are Alberta explores Alberta's geography, its businesses, organizations, and its diverse and fascinating people, all viewed through an economic lens. Find it at atb.com slash learn. Alrighty, friends. Uh, so we've talked about what we keep what we cut in this movie. Now we're going to talk about how we're going to make this movie beloved by all, loved by millions, uh, into beloved by billions, and loved, <laughs> and basically it, loved so much that all of the movies transcend the North American borders, yeah. spread across just, the world, and to the extent where other filmmakers are like, why bother? <laughs> I give up. <laughs> it's already been done. The best movies already been made. Um, I think we should uh, we should start off first with our Mighty Duck super fan Danielle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Danielle, you love this movie, but what would you do to make it an even better, better movie? I would uh, just add more Mighty Duck capers. I want more kids. I want more random things. I want to see them put poop in a in a. Uh, purse and and see what happens from there. You guys didn't watch D two, so this this isn't going to make any sense. But there's a lot of really good characters in D two that would be hilarious in this crop of misfits. Um, so I will just leave that out because none of you have reference to that. No, but I but I think you're making a good point because one of the things that I that I thought about watching 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 the movie and one of the changes I would uh, I don't really know how to get there, and I'm kind of hoping the rest of you can do that li- heavy lifting for me. <laughs> but 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 you're we're kind of on the same wavelength. We're like I feel like it should be more about the kids. It should be the kids should be the star of the movie. Like we were talking kind of off uh, kind of off uh, when the mics were off about other kids' movies, and you know the, the movie Sandlot kept coming up. Mm-hmm. Sandlot's one of my favorite movies, and if you haven't seen it. It's, you know, it's a kids, it's a sports movie, it's a kids movie, but the kids are the movie. Mm-hmm. There's no grown-up, there's no grown-up anchor protagonist. It's about the kids. And that's something that, uh, like I said, I don't really know how to get there, but I think, but I think you and I are in agreement that it should be more about the kids and mm-hmm. less about uh, Gordon Bombay's struggles of, like, hitting the post. Yes. I, I, th- I think uh, the key to that is... Spazway, right? Yeah, nice. <laughs> okay, well, what was his actual name? Um, Connie, or, sorry, Charlie Con- Conway. Charlie Conway. I think that's the key to making it more about the kids is through him. Right. Because, like, he has, he's the only one of the kids that has, like, an arc, right? You know, he's he's, he's a spaz and he's he's nervous about playing and stuff like that. But it's it's really short-lived. Uh, and I guess I guess he also has, like, a kind of, like, a... a I, I need a father figure sort of arc that he eventually yeah. accomplishes, but they, but both of those things I don't think are really are fleshed out fairly well. Um, but yeah. Bombay's like Bombay's like the character, like he like like making it completely about the kids is going to be very difficult because then you're taking out like the central tap like thread in right. the entire film, right? Like you take Bombay, uh, you take his role out, and then you're basically like rewriting a new plot for the kids. Um, so and, and because. I would also go so far as to say because of Bombay's history with the Hawks, you lose some of that as well if you right. if you diminish Bombay in the in the story. Yeah, then you then you almost you're almost unraveling on your central villain of the film as well. It would be funny to see this movie on the flip side from the Hawks perspective. 
just this <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the alternate team coming version. Up. Yeah. It's called the Mighty Hawks. <laughs> like, how they, dare they steal our player? They, yeah. Where they, yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've legitimately seen a couple uh, sketches on YouTube where it's like the posh rich kids team. <laughs> And they're just about to win the state championship, and then they realize that they're up against a plucky underdog team, and they're devastated. Because they're like, we put in all this work. We put in all this work, and we worked so hard, and, and now we're going to lose. No, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter, because the, the worst team in the league is here, and they're going to win. It's, and they're really on point, because that was the that was the trope with all of these movies. Which is, for the record, one of the changes that I would make to this movie. What's that? Get rid of the trope? Yeah. I would change the ending to this film because I think it is more thematically on point if the Ducks lose the championship Whoa. game. Coach Bombay's character arc is that he went from a guy who had internalized Jack Riley's philosophy of don't it's not worth winning if you don't win big. And coming to realize that winning isn't everything that it's it's about the teamwork it's about the fair play it's about the experience that's that's what enriches you not winning stuff and so i think at the end the hawks go to just incredible lows to win that hockey game to the point where like the hawks parents are booing the hawks team the hawks players all look just dejected like they feel terrible and by the time that they're that they win the cup Jack Riley is the only one accepting it because the team has walked out on him. The fans are booing him and he's got an empty cup and he looks miserable because he's won at all costs, which is his philosophy. Meanwhile, the team that wasn't even supposed to be there, the team that came together and took the Hawks to the limit are being carried out on people's shoulders and being then people are quacking in the arena. It doesn't (laughs) matter that they didn't win. Because winning wasn't the important thing. And that's that's the end point that Emilio Estevez, that Gordon Bombay needed to get to in this movie. He needed to go, we lost, but who cares? Like the end of the movie should have been them at the restaurant after the game having a great time and being like, we had a great season and next season is going to be even better. And it doesn't matter that we didn't win because, because that wasn't what this was about. And the fact that they do win in the movie, I feel undercut that a little bit because it, it didn't, it didn't it it was going somewhere with the theme and then it didn't stick the landing because the landing should have been that court that Gordon Bombay's team lost in the end but he was totally cool with it because it didn't matter that's not the important thing yeah. and i think part of that is that when charlie goes to take that penalty shot he should have missed yeah he shouldn't have because because as it's set up, that's Gordon Bombay's redemption is that Charlie makes the shot that he couldn't. Yeah. And I think Charlie should have also missed. And then Gordon should have just been like, it's okay, man. You did your best. We're all proud of you. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. Post. It doesn't yeah. matter. This, this has blown my mind. I think, the funny thing, <laughs> I think the funny thing about this change, just as is, if we only change this and nothing else, that, that the loss comes at the expense of a very vulnerable kid who ends up who ends up missing the shot at the end. Like you'd have you don't you could you might have to tweak Charlie's character a, a little l- bit maybe a so l- that so that maybe he's a really he's a really good player who ends up missing the shot in the end. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I like the idea that he's kind of Gordon's mirror. And, and I get that that's what they're going for. But I think that I think that you can sell it if the team is there to support him and if Gordon is there to support him. Because yeah. that was something that Gordon didn't have when he was the kid and he missed yeah. that shot. Is that he got, he was like laughed out of Hawksville 
and ended up becoming a jerk lawyer for the rest of his life. And But this time, Charlie has that support there who are like, hey, man, you did your best, and that's all that matters. You know, there's a, there's an easy way to do this without like really putting Charlie on the spot. You could, um, instead of having the penalty shot at the end, um, you can have the, the Ducks down by one uh, near the end of the game, and the, you know, Charlie shoots... And he scores, but time runs out just before oh. it goes in the net. So oh. it's sort of like, sort of oh, like they're the almost, worst. they're so almost the there, and then the heartbreak loss, and you know that way you save Charlie the humiliation you, of missing a shot. You the save same face way. a little bit, yeah, the, the same way that Bombay did, right? So and it, and it does, and it would feel like too much of a mirror if they both should, uh, you know, missed the penalty shot at the end. But but I think that I think that the redemption for Gordon though is that he's there to support Charlie the oh, way no, that no I, one was. There I'm 100 percent on board with the, with your Fair theme. Enough. This is not an argument. I'm just yeah. trying to save and Charlie. Let's here. be fair. I recognize I, it's because this is... Scott's being very mean to Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't want this poor little fair kid enough. to go down in flames the way Scott wants him to. Uh, and I, I recognize this is a kids' movie, and having them lose at the end is kind of like that might be a bit too much for a kids' movie. But I feel like that's the trajectory of the of Gordon's character arc: is that he needs to lose big, but it to but it to be a victory in a way. Yeah. And and for him to be able to impart that lesson on the kids as well. And so like set up for in D2 they they get to win the game, sure, because now they're the better team, but in D1 I feel that it's almost more important for the Hawks to win, but it to have cost Jack Riley everything to get that victory. And for him to and for therefore him to have learned the error of his philosophy and simultaneously for Gordon to have overcome that philosophy yeah. and to realize winning isn't everything and you can still have a great time and fair play and teamwork and do your best. And even if you won, so long as you did your best and all that, it's worth it and it's great. I, I love this. There you go. As the, as the self-appointed biggest fan in the room, <laughs> I actually love that. And as someone who works with kids, I'm like, that would be a great thing to See, show to yeah. kids but and i feel like that's a very ad but it's a very adult thought though too right yeah. I, I could i could see showing my kiddos and then them being like oh this movie's so sad why and, and although i we could teach them those lessons <laughs> so, i do love it as an idea so it actually i kind of wanted to i kind of wanted to leverage that because you do work with kids in your in, in, in a sporting context so one of the things so we talked about kind of gordon's arc and what's at stake for him one of the changes I would make, and maybe this is how you would you would turn, you know, make it more about the kids, is like, what's at stake for them in this movie? Because as it is right now, there's really nothing at stake for the kids. They're having a blast before Gordon shows up. They're having a blast. They're playing with crappy equipment. <laughs> they're losing, but they're having fun. Uh, and I was trying, and I couldn't think of it. But I was I was trying to think of a way that if you're going to make it more about the kids, that you have to have to some have to have some buy in. There has to be something at stake for them. Why do they need Gordon Bombay? So Gordon Bombay needs the Ducks because he needs to learn all these lessons, pay off his community service. Mm. But like for the kids, like what you know, I was trying to think of what what's at stake for them is okay. Why do we need Gordon Bombay to coach us? Because and again, I was like if like if if they don't if they don't get a good coach, will all their parents pull them out of the, the league or the team? I think- like. I think that's. I think you just hit on a great idea. Like I think that, that it should be they their division should be on the cusp of being just like canceled. They've they've never won a game. They're None obviously the, all friends. Few of, few of the parents are supporting them. They're not taking it seriously, and so the the little league or whatever is just about to pull the plug on them. Yeah. So they're not going to have is a that, hockey club. Is that feasible? That's like, a good idea, actually. Okay. Like, um, 
Yeah, if, if, if we need to step, step up. But then it becomes about the parents. And it's like, where the heck are the parents this yeah. entire movie? And then and then secondly, why did they all show up at the end? There's right. a whole <laughs> yeah. stadium full of in fans. jerseys that, and t-shirts yeah, and quacking. I don't like that. It could be something as simple as like the team, like the um, the people who run the team are just going to dissolve the team if it if they don't do well because the participation is so low or something like that and they've got or no like, money. Or yeah. like the Hawks are gonna take over that territory and yeah. and take their best players. Or but something. how does them winning change that, I guess? I guess, well, that's I guess like, then I they're guess, like, oh, you're worth it. <laughs> you can yeah, still have your the own, only thing your is own like, district. Them keeping the team together is contingent on Bombay staying on long term and coaching the team i guess which somehow. is also another change i would make uh, he should not leave to go and try out for the nhl <laughs> yeah yeah that's number one it's even in the existing movie it's weird because uh he's got <laughs> this romance with charlie's mom now and he's like well see ya <laughs> goodbye i'm <laughs> off to but also like the, the kid the his um conway nice. it? <laughs> <You> got <laughs> his, it. His, like he has abandonment issues, and then the first thing he does is like, hey, yeah, bye bye. No, oh, I should play for the Wichita. What's it? I mean, he, he does open the door and say like, "I'll be back next season. We have a title to defend." Oh, yeah, that's still like, weird. What? Don't worry, you'll have your dad back. Your new dad, he'll come back in uh, three months. What Depending on whether done. I get signed though, because if I get signed, it's it's yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, for then good. I guess I'm playing NHL, and so I'm not back. Um, my. <laughs> My thing with it, Colin wants to speak so bad. Yes. Okay. My, my hockey nerd brain is exploding, but go ahead first. I'll, I'll... Okay. Uh, my fix for that is he should have gone and worked for Hans. Yes. He should have gone to work at the pro uh, shop. Okay. And, and so like been, and just been like, this is, I, I can work with hockey. I can be in a mentor role. This is where I belong. And I think that would have been better. This actually ties into a serious change I would make here. Cause one of the things that bugged me was, was I felt like uh, Ducksworth, the boss, he kind of flip flops here, where he be- he's becomes kind of like this wise sage mentor to 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 Gordon, and then all of a sudden turns like heel because he's like best friends with the Hawks' dad. So one of the changes I would make was that I would be I would say okay, like so Gordon is this hot shot super lawyer, and the firm bleeping loves him. They love him to death. He's this hot shot lawyer, loves to win, but obviously he's not very happy. Like he's some like he's su- he's successful, but he's Haunted by his loss, whatever, has a drinking problem. Well, and he's also, because he, he knows that he has to win at any cost. Yes. Because it's not worth winning if you don't yeah, win big. big. Yes. Uh, he's got no friends. Yeah. So 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 I would so I would have it that he does so he like he gets his 30th win, uh, and maybe he goes out to celebrate, he has too much to drink, and then he obviously gets pulled over. So then then the what I want to happen is basically the firm is like, okay, okay, Gordon, we'll smooth this over. You just go to his community service and we're and they support him, but basically they actually want him to they actually want him to come back and actually that's the point where where gordon is actually starting to make his arc where he's like hey i'm actually really happy i'm falling back in love with hockey i've reconnected with hans I, you know, i've got all these kids and now he has his old his his law firm life they want him back and he's like has to make that choice of well but i'm happy now isn't like this is like uh, and i yeah I, I i want i want them to be sort of like the symbolic end of they're like the if the ducks are like the angel on his shoulder, the law firm is the devil. They're the ones that and well, he has to choose. Okay, how about how about this? How about we uh, have we um, the him getting his DUI happens at the worst time because his law firm is about to land the big client. Yes, right. The big client is the owner of the Hawks team, 
right? So, and the and the Hawks team, all the everyone from the top down wants the Hawks to win forever, ever, ever and all, always, yeah. right? Be like so the, now, so when the, the division du- president, yeah. So when the when the when the Ducks uh, are about to challenge the the Hawks, the the firm wants Bombay to come back because he doesn't want him to screw up them landing the big client. Right. Yeah. So then there's that conflict of like, do I want to go back to my old job or do I want to continue? Yeah. With the I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Do I want to be a rich, successful D bag, or, or do I want to be happy and work in a hockey shop and yeah. coach kids <laughs> hockey? Yeah. I mean, come on. What would you rather have? Uh, my my hockey my my hockey brain that was seething was about this this whole like canceling the his tryout. So if I remember this correctly, having played a little bit of hockey in my youths. Uh, usually your championship final game is usually about like what March. So is it established that he's after this championship, which is like February March, he's getting on a bus to do a, a hockey tryout in March April when all the other teams would be in playoff mode? Like, what's yeah. what's happening here? Is yeah, it, the timeline. The timeline is a little. Is well, a, a I little assumed different. that it was some months later, but it was still winter time. Yes. But so like, I mean, how long? I guess I mean, this the, they only played like what nine games, yeah. so maybe it's yeah, still they, December. They have a really short season. <laughs> well, it's also like, yeah, the the third after the third game that Bombay coaches when he's like, okay, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna step down. Jesse's dad's gonna coach. Charlie's like crying, like you can't leave us, you can't leave us. And I'm like, how in three games has he yeah, already created that's this? A, like, that's a weekend for most minor hockey. Yeah, yeah. They, it's like so as uh, so. Did they did they really establish how many games they'd played prior to Gordon Bombay coming in? Their old coach had a heart attack, but did they establish exactly like at what point is he hopping on the season? Has, has some numbers written on his yeah, chalkboard, but yeah. I don't remember what they were. Yeah, and Hans is very the, chalk, the chalkboard should have been like like with numbers and then just like I thought the, falls the season heart was like eight or nine games. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then, Which for and minor then they kind of just quickly go through playoffs. Yeah, right, like. Uh, the state playoffs that we were joking earlier only have six teams in them. Yes. All for Minneapolis. Yes. All for Minneapolis. Yes. But by but somehow have either like TV or radio play by play, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah that bothered me. <laughs> the, the radio play by play? Yeah. Hawks are in the championship. Hey, I mean, we're, <laughs> also, we're, apparently, we're, not, we're, we're in a hockey mad city. I mean, that, didn't, that doesn't happen on... in Canada, let alone the United <laughs> States. And no also, offense, because Minnesota is a pretty hot, hot hockey market, but it is no. the state is, of hockey. Really. Is it also like one in your done playoffs? In this, oh, in maybe. this league because they were only playing one game against each of the teams and then those teams were yeah, out this, of there. This is movie logic. Like they, you got to compress things for <laughs> for it to be. Uh, Just to saying be, this league doesn't make much sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody else? Anything else they, they want to add as far as uh, Danielle? Did you have, you have, you have a mountain the mountain of lists? I, I clearly am on the wrong path with all of my ideas. I really have been blown away by what you guys are saying. I feel like I was like so clouded in my love of this movie. I'm like, I would have never thought of any of these ideas. <laughs> the only thing I have written down, which now seems so trivial, is I think Fulton Reed should be the hero of this movie because... I have gone my whole life thinking that Charlie Conway is like captain material and he has this arc. But when Bombay comes in with the Ducks jerseys and he's trying to convince them all to be Ducks, Fulton Reed is the first one that stands up and says, I will be a Duck. I mean, not only that, when when the team turns their back on Gordon and walks out, 
it's Charlie and Fulton are the yes. only two who come out on the ice yes. for that game. So maybe it's Fulton. Okay, now I'm taking it away. But maybe it's Fulton that takes the penalty shot at the end. Doesn't make any sense because so he only he, has one so, shot. But like, maybe he's the one that well, does it. He was it. kicked out of the game. At yeah, the exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> the ref gives him st- special dis- dispensation to come back out. <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think that's okay. I mean, yeah, like he's kind of, he's kind of, yeah, like he's kind of somewhat overlooked. He's sort of like just like the giant, the jolly giant of of the kids. One thing I did like uh, in one of the earlier hockey games when they've recruited him is that Gordon takes him out and has him practice his slap shot yes. just to psych out the other team, so that when he comes out on the ice later, he, they fake the slap shot and they have someone else go and and take the shot. That was. That was smart. You know, my, my dad used to, when I used to play indoor soccer, my dad used to have me and the other captain just stand at center line and watch the other team. Oh, like, really? Just like to, as just intimidation. And yeah, like, just, not that I'm intimidating, but like, oh, we're checking out your tricks. Yeah. Like, why? Now thinking just about crack, it, why? cracking your knuckles. Just, it's, it's all psychological warfare. Exactly. I'm okay with that, though. I mean, like, I think that would be, uh, that would be like, just, yeah, if we're going to turn the movie on its head. Make and we're gonna make it both both the kids make. I mean, he has Fulton. a story. Like, yeah. where does he live? Like you said, does he have a does home? Does he have a home? Doesn't know how to skate. Is he really twenty five? <laughs> I mean, that's, who signed the papers for him to be a part of this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's an easier introduction because he his character has like a proper introduction because uh, you know you find him mysteriously in the alley just like taking shots and stuff no like his that. introduction and is earlier than that yeah, is it because he saves the kids oh right the kids from like from the evil evil park even more interesting. Okay. Whereas, whereas Conway, he's <laughs> just, he's, his mom just comes out and nags, and then and that's it. Like, yeah. can we can we do a post credit scene? Can we do a post credit scene of basically uh, Emilio Estev finding his like seat on the bus, and he sits down, and actually Fulton sit right next to him because he got the tryout for the team as well. <laughs> How old are you, Fulton? <laughs> it's like, hey, that's okay. Can I, can, uh, I, can, I, can I just uh, give a compliment to like one of the silliest scenes in this movie with the flying V? Now, yes. the one thing I appreciate about the flying V is I was watching this very closely, and as they they tear their way at the ice, they actually pass the puck to the leader of the flying V when they cross the blue okay. line. So it was totally onside. Oh, really? That was an onside oh, play. So I was like, I was like, that is a detail I appreciate, Disney. And go. I noticed that the announcer knew exactly what they were doing. They were like, Mighty Ducks coming up with the flying V. Oh, and yeah. And my husband was like, how would he know? Well, <laughs> obviously, they've used that trick in previous <laughs> games. just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the, that radio knows just a, he was just a Ducks homer. I think. Maybe the Oilers should try that this season. So they're missing <laughs> they did. They did. There, there is a clip of like them breaking out almost in the flying V. <laughs> Search it. <laughs> Google that. Google that. We'll, 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 we'll put that. We'll put that. We'll tweet that out or something like that. <laughs> Oiler, Oilers flying V. Uh, before we get into um, the um, uh, sort of the listener comments, uh, Danielle, you had a bunch of other stuff uh, that you uh, wanted. Like yes. Danielle bought like nineteen pages of notes. Yeah, I and this so is the segment that we call Danielle noticing things as an adult <laughs> that she didn't as a child. <laughs> I'm hoping to be we, a reoccurring. We, we do appreciate part. that you took the. Uh, the name of the podcast quite literally so thank you very seriously yes. i rewrote them out i had to, i had to scale back she has a copy of the script next to her as well <laughs> yeah. i mean we did we've talked about a lot of these i think there's a few things that i've noticed as an adult that i'm like this is very problematic number one being that the beginning was way too dramatic like i always thought that he missed the shot which meant they lost but when th- i'm thinking about it and knowing now they wouldn't have lost. Like they, it wasn't a, 
it wasn't an all or nothing shot. They went on to lose in overtime. So really, oh, Coach really? Riley. Coach Riley just blamed Really, it Coach Riley. Riley. Yeah. It was your team that lost because yeah. it was a penalty shot in overtime. But that means they were either tied or, you know, oh, what I happened, missed, right? I missed that. I thought that yes. was, it was the win the game. No, oh, okay. No, I know. He, yeah. They celebrate, like, as if they lost. But that wouldn't make any sense. That's not how things work. That's not how hockey works. Exactly. So the whole team lost, Coach okay. Riley. Okay. Um, uh, we talked about where the parents... Where, yeah, where were showing the up? Where they get this merch only made? Some they don't have enough money to buy their kids pads, <laughs> but they make banners and hats. Well, and they are a team of misfits, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the skating rink that he drove onto. That looked like a man-made rink. That did not look like a lake. Did nope. anyone else think it, was it looked like, like a lake? It was like a, a, a small pond it's, at best. Yeah, like it was in the middle of a field. I'm like, yeah. what? what's the problem? What one crack? What could it do? Okay. <laughs> Damage check, the wheel alignment. Check. I'm going to check that one off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's laughing at your comment. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, we talked about what division this is. We got to redraw the lines. We got to. Yeah, they, the they Hawks would, they need would to go have into like rep. The heck out of this. Yeah, they thing. need to go to rep league. Um, the kid who played mini Coach Bombay is from First Kid or from yeah First Kid the movie. Anyone saw that movie? Nope. Uh, nope. Okay, well I'll come back. We can watch it. Um, <laughs> who's cleaning the eggs off the ice when they were passing? Oh yeah, the eggs? how does Why? that? How does that? I I. Legitimately, I seemed to remember there being a scene after they had practiced with the eggs where, like, another team or, like, the Hawks were coming out after and were like, what the heck is this mess? And I, I vividly remember that from this movie. And then that did it not didn't happen. happen. And I was like, I thought there was a thing Dan, there. Dan, that Dan, must be the theatrical cut. Danielle and, I, Dan, Danielle and I both uh, have uh, history with the local local co- co-ed uh, sporting club here in the city of Edmonton. Uh, and I think we can both say that if any of the, the, the facilities we played in, yes. we would have put eggs anywhere, would have been sued <laughs> out of band, existence. Banned yes. for life. So that would not would have happened. Okay, I only have like four. Four more. Yeah, that's okay. Pages. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, okay. The scene where they tie Goldberg's arms and legs That's to the perfectly net. fine. What's wrong with that? How, how is that effective goaltender training? I think it was... Well, he was scared of the puck. Okay. Yeah. So then follow up. Since when can D5 shoot so hard and so accurately? Fair point. They can't shoot. No, but they're all hitting him. They're going in the net. Oh, some of them slap are shots. So, Gordon is shooting so, too. So I know so. the coach was taking the shots, which is actually <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Um, I feel like that would be problematic. Yeah. But, I mean, when you hear the noises, it's very, like, making it sound like they're all, like, rocket shipping them yeah. out. Okay. Um, why does Fulton shoot towards the roll? Or to the... Oh, my gosh. Towards the road? Um, and... Twice. Yes. Twice well, he did. Yes. To be fair, the second time was, was because coach, he was asked. Yes. But why? Why? But why would, would not Bombay say, hey, shoot that way? Shoot into the alley. Well, obviously, he's such a, a powerful shot that he was shooting into the alley. It bounced off the wall, flew uh, back, and hit the window. You just need to apply some right, head right, cannon right, to Right, right, <laughs> We've already talked about all the bandwagon jumpers at the finals. Um, the easiest one, Charlie's not wearing a helmet, which seems unsafe in the final penalty shot. But this is the big one. Why is Adam Banks' dad wearing Hawks gear at the finals when his son is a duck? Because he's a hawk all the way yeah, until his son gets here. taken out, and then he's no. 
they when when they score, he cheers. That's because he's starting to get into it. He's starting to yeah, cheer if, for if, his son. If, I think the thing is with that, there was there was an arc there that they didn't really like explore a whole lot because like I get what they were doing. It was like like Scott says, like he was he was still loyal to the Hawks, and then as he's watching his son, he's get but his son gets taken out of the game so much that there's not really a completion to what happened. Because yeah. mm-hmm. so. I I definitely got that. As his as Banks was playing really good, he started to be like, "Yeah, yeah go!" Yeah, yeah. And then when his son got hurt, he was like, "Oh!" And then he, yeah, so <laughs> kind of aborted the arc a little bit. Yeah, those, those are all my notes. Thank you for letting me. <laughs> no, thank you for no. letting me pass those, those on. Those are those are good ones. Uh, you, uh, if, uh, so you too can uh, get it on the notes. Having uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where I have some notes. We'll let you know what movie is coming on, and you can get your notes uh, read on the show. Uh, we're going to play a little game here called the I Have Some Notes Drinking Game, where when someone says, tells us, how dare you take a drink of something? <laughs> you may be dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, our good friend Jeff says, uh, this is going to be a very short episode since it's pretty much one of the great sport great sport movies. Uh, he says, not having actually watched it in a long, long time. Disagree. This is actually a very thorough episode, as you've probably gotten to this by now. Because it's a fine sports movie, it's but it could have been a better sports it's, movie. It's a good hamburger. Yeah. It's not a great hamburger. Yeah. We're making it a great hamburger. <laughs> uh, uh, is it uh, L- uh, Louise? Or L- yeah. Louise says, I like that a naughty lawyer has to co- coach a bunch of children as punishment. I'm sure most parents would not like seeing their kid tied up to the goal to have a team and the coach make, take, making slap shots at him. I say, depends on what your kid is like. Well, your kid's a jerk. Yeah. They'd probably be okay with it. And <laughs> if your parents even show up. Exactly. And if the parents <laughs> for, the, for the record, Louise is my mommy in law. Oh, she's a very loyal listener. <laughs> Thank you, Louise. Hi, Louise. Um, Andrew says, "How dare you? This movie is a classic. That you finally given, you finally all given in to the, the hubris and to say to take on the Emilio Estevez minor league hockey genres king." Seriously, though, excited for this one. Uh, uh, German says, uh, "Can you go over the whole Mighty Ducks? Can you go over that the whole Mighty Ducks move franchise and future Stanley Cup winning professional hockey team was contingent on another team getting the measles?" Yes, the Panthers. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So had they not, those parents had not been anti-vaxxers, the Mighty Ducks would not <laughs> had had not would not a thing. Side note: Get your vaccines. Uh, Lori says, "Good luck. You'll need every ounce of it." I'm like, yeah, people love this movie. <laughs> Uh, at Darwin Eleven says, "How dare you drink?" Uh, and, Alan, and Alan says, "Find a better way to do the bondage scene." That's not how I would describe yeah, that. What, but now, when when you say bondage, are you referring to like the team bonding, bonding? <laughs> or are you referring to when they tie up Goldberg? Yeah, that's um. There's or are you referring to a different Mighty Ducks movie that we did not watch because right. it is for an adult audience? <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave that. I was going to make a joke and I should We'll just leave that there. The, the uh, Mighty D words. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all the time we have on this episode. Danielle. Yeah. Thank you for being a Thank guest Thank you so today. much for having me. Yeah. Uh, is there is there like a, is there something you'd like to plug? Can people come uh, come find you? You have an interesting Instagram thing. I do us. have a new Instagram page. It's called things.i've.tried.yeg and it's literally just that it's just things i tried it's mostly posts about this right now because i've been so excited to be here um (laughs) yeah i don't it's just kind of cool stuff i do that's about it yeah it's like she does rates things so i hope i hope when you when when you inevitably like say i've done a podcast i hope you give us a thumbs up it's gonna be one billion and not and not not a thumbs down yeah it's gonna be a one billion thumbs up that would hurt uh scotty bourgeois Oh, I'm everywhere. You have you have like a hundred podcasts. Uh, that is 
I do seem to remember that. Scott saying he wanted to be the McElroys of the Edmonton podcast. <laughs> so I, I would, think you're one step closer <laughs> to achieving that. Yeah, you just need a hundred different podcasts. Um, so I'm obviously I'm here. I've got the read along with my wife where we read a book chapter by chapter every week. You can follow along with us. And uh, what about an improvised podcast with the fine folks over at Rapid Fire Theater? Uh, those are all available for your listening pleasures. There we go. Greg, where can people find you? We never, we never talk about where, we, where people can find you or I on the internet. Uh, I am at, at Baggins on Twitter. So you can come there. You, or you can just talk to... I'm the one who runs the I Have Some Notes Twitter account. So if you want to uh, uh, disagree or agree with uh, with our uh, movie podcast, just uh, just send us a message there. Yeah, sounds good. You can find me uh, on Instagram at uh, the Collinium. Uh, on Twitter. I'm also Colin in Edmonton. Uh, also, as we get, get up to winter, uh, you can also find me at Long John Index on the Twitter machines. Uh, if you want to uh, follow in on the show, uh, uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram, and I have some notes. Uh, if you like the show, uh, please consider uh, rating and reviewing it on iTunes. It really, really helps us out. I noticed uh, that I didn't write an ad for the Alberta Podcast Network, but you should definitely check out the Alberta Podcast Podcast Network. There's like a million bajillion shows on, the, on it. So if you if you have a very spe- specified interest, I guarantee you'll find a show on the Podcast Network that'll uh, suit that interest for sure. And uh, more being added uh, all the time yeah. as well. So uh, our show and others from the network are being broadcast on G Radio. You can find that at gradio.ca. You can find all of our episodes on the CKUA Radio app. Uh, you can download that from the App Store, uh, and we post new episodes every other week. Uh, so tune in two weeks now for we're going to do uh, a side notes episode, I believe, is the next thing we're going to do. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. We're actually going to recap our uh, prediction show we did before the summer where we took a stab at what we thought all the Rotten Tomatoes uh, for the big uh, big summer movies were going to be. Yeah. If you want to re-listen to that episode, it was uh, the side notes episode called The Price is Wrong. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to see how we did. I think I lost big time, but that's because I think I loaded everything very, very low. <laughs> I was surprised. Anyway, that's uh, thanks for listening. There's lots of podcasts. Listen, you chose ours. We thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Quack, quacky, be quack. <laughs>